This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns tomorrow. If you're a longtime listener of Zoomer Radio, then you may have heard me talk about the need to raise awareness and funding for bladder cancer research to find a cure. You see, my mom, Sandy Brown, died of metastasized bladder cancer eight years ago in 2012. And since 2015, I've been an advocate for Bladder Cancer Canada and captained a team for the annual Bladder Cancer Awareness Walk held here in Toronto. Toronto and in cities across the country. May is Bladder Cancer Awareness Month, and since I have the opportunity to be in Libby's chair today, we thought we would do a segment to bring awareness to this disease, which affects some 80,000 Canadians every year. Joining me on the line is Ferg Devins, Chair of Bladder Cancer Canada and a bladder cancer survivor. Hi, Ferg. Good day, Jane. How are you? I'm fine, and I want to hear how you are in just a moment. First, I'd like to introduce Dr. Alex Lada, Director of Uro-Oncology at Mount Sinai Hospital, Professor in the Department of Surgery, Urology at the University of Toronto, and a member of Bladder Cancer Canada's Medical Research Board. Dr. Zlata, hello. Hello, uh, Jane. Hello, Ferg. Uh, good afternoon. Ferg, first Hello, of all, how is your health, and how long have you been cancer-free? Well, I, I'm in great health. I'd like to say I've been cancer-free since 2014 when I had uh, two tumors removed. I had non-muscle invasive bladder cancer. So uh, Dr. Kadama at Sunnybrook Health Sciences went in and uh, he removed those tumors. I then underwent the treatments with BCG. For your listeners, they can search BCG or check out bladdercancercanada.org and learn more about that. But I I had about 18 installations of BCG over close to two years, and uh, I've been all clear. And uh, so I got heavily involved with Bladder Cancer Canada, and uh, we really appreciate all that you do, Jane, as well, uh, for the cause. And special thanks to Dr. Zlata, who's been a long-standing advocate for us and uh, his uh, colleagues on our medical advisory and research board. Sir. Well, it, re- it is an amazing organization because, uh, number one, all the donations, money that goes to Bladder Cancer Canada, I mean, virtually 100% of it goes to the cause. Very few organizations, charity organizations, can say this, the same. And it, it is primarily run by volunteers. Well, we have uh, we do have staff. We have uh, an executive director, Dr. Dion Duncan, uh, who has actually just joined us in April, um, as well as staff across the country. We we serve our patient community in both official languages. But the great thing, Jane, is that everyone works from home. So this uh, this current pandemic situation really was not an interruption for us at all because all of our team was working from home virtually and serving our patient community coast to coast to coast. Uh, well, that was my next question. How has the pandemic affected uh, Bladder Cancer Canada? It sounds like it's still, most of it was online anyway, the virtual support and the phone calls and that kind of thing. Yes, our support certainly has been uninterrupted. I'd say that we have had a 
a lot uh, higher uh, degree and frequency of, of inquiries from our patient community. Um, obviously, given the pandemic and the pressure on our hospital systems and clinics, uh, there were a lot of restrictions, and Dr. Lada can probably enlighten you more uh, on, on what procedures uh, were cancelled or delayed. I know that some annual uh, cystoscopies where they go up through the urethra to examine the interior of the bladder uh, have been have been cancelled or postponed. Um, so, you know, we've had a very concerned patient community. I, I think in particular those that are, were newly diagnosed and waiting for surgery or who have may have had surgery and then were waiting for their follow-up treatments uh, had a higher level of anxiety. And, uh, Jane, that's what we're there to do. We're there to com- comfort our patient community uh, and to support them through these difficult times. And at bladdercancercanada.org, uh, and through our discussion forums, we're there to support our patient community. Dr. Zlato, why don't you speak to that? Uh, Ferg introduced the topic well. I mean, the having to wait for procedures because of COVID-19. How have people been affected who have bladder cancer? I, I would say uh, that by far and large, and both south of the border and north of the border, Bladder cancer patients have actually been served probably better than many other type of cancers. Uh, and so I know and I appreciate that it has been a very stressful moment for many people, including those calling uh, at Bladder Cancer Canada. But when I, I compare things uh, to other types of specialties, other type of cancers, especially the high-grade bladder cancers, have been by far enlarged um, served in a timely fashion. I, I think that in order to reassure the public, we should remember that bladder cancer is a very heterogeneous group of diseases. Half of them are non-muscle invasive, low grade, mm-hmm. which I and many of my colleagues often call the pussycats. Those are indeed tumors inside the bladder and they only keep the, the name cancer because in about 1%, no more than 1% or 2%, some of these tumors can become a little bit more aggressive. That's the only reason why we keep the word cancer. But the problem of those tumors is not that they will be lethal or claim the life of, of the person who uh, present with them, but b- because they tend to come back again and again. And so for the low-grade, superficial, non-muscle invasive bladder cancer, to postpone, honestly, a cystoscopy or to postpone a treatment, although it's certainly, a, and we fully understand that it's a source of anxiety for patients and their families, but if you're able to clearly explain that it has zero impact and that people who have had in the past low grade, even if they're delayed by a couple of weeks or even one or two months, honestly, Beyond the anxiety, there's nothing detrimental. Well, that is reassuring. Uh, And by the way, if you or someone you love has bladder cancer, you are welcome to call in and ask for advice and guidance uh, from Dr. Alex Lotta, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Ferg, let's go back and talk about awareness for bladder cancer since May is bladder 
Bladder Cancer Awareness Month. For those who aren't all that familiar with it, I mean, most certainly Bladder Cancer Canada has done an excellent job of awareness in recent years. But if you haven't, if you don't know a whole lot about it, what is there to know about bladder cancer? Well, certainly um, it is, uh, you know, there's the, the fourth most common uh, for men, twelfth for women, uh, makes it the fifth most common cancer uh, in Canada, and that stat is quite common around the world. Um, our, our job, certainly through the month of May, Jane, is to raise awareness, and we're saying we're shining a light on bladder cancer awareness, not only here in Canada, but around the world. We have a, a bladder cancer patient coalition now of a number of uh, uh, patient advocacy groups around the world. And so this month of May, we're shining a light on bladder cancer. Lights like the CN Tower with yellow and red. And the, the distinction there is that one of the most common uh, symptoms of bladder cancer is blood in the urine. So we say if you see red in your pee, you see your doctor. Right. And uh, the majority of our campaign efforts are certainly around see red, see your doctor. Um, lots of resources, Jane, at bladdercancercanada.org. That's our website. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on our YouTube. Uh, there are a number of, uh, of YouTube videos uh, that provide a lot of background and information. So we are there to provide the resources and information uh, for our bladder cancer patient community. Ferg, you say that it's the fifth most common cause of cancer, and yet bladder cancer is 21st on the list for funding. Why so low still? Well, it has been, and it's, it continues to be uh, uh, an issue and a challenge. However, we are very excited about the work that we are seeing um, by our medical community in Canada. We have a number of leading researchers right here in Canada that are leading the way on uh, on new uh, treatments, on new approaches to dealing with bladder cancer. Uh, and I know that Dr. Zlata and, and, and his team and colleagues are very focused. We This spring we had... Uh, our first uh, uh, opportunity to have a bladder cancer forum, a dedicated forum to bladder cancer right here in Canada. Uh, unfortunately, the, the, the meeting has had to be done virtually because, of course, we're in, the, in just the throes of the pandemic. But we're also looking at advancing a bladder cancer research network in Canada that will be supported by Bladder Cancer Canada and by a number of, uh, of pharma companies uh, that are there to support the work that's done by the research community. So there's, there, there's lots of hope. If you're just now joining the program, I've been an advocate for Bladder Cancer Canada since 2015 after losing my mom to the disease. And on the line with us is Ferg Devins, Chair of Bladder Cancer Canada, also a bladder cancer survivor, and Dr. Alex Zlata, Director of Uro-Oncology at Mount Sinai, Professor in the Department of Surgery Urology at U of T, and a member of Bladder Cancer Canada's Medical Research Board. Ferg, we talked about the primary symptom of bladder cancer, that's blood in in your urine. We did not uh, discuss the major causes of bladder cancer yet. Well, smoking is certainly the most common risk factor, uh, as well as age and occupational exposure to specific chemicals. Um, that's why it's so important uh, if you see blood uh, or if there's anything uh, that you think may be bladder related that you get referred to a urologist, uh, particularly in rural areas of the country. Uh, where perhaps those specialists are not as accessible as they would be in major centers, ensure that uh, your doctor has you referred to a urologist for a follow-up. If you see blood once in your urine, 
you should be concerned. It's not something you think, well, maybe it'll pass and I never see it again and I'm okay. If you see blood in your urine, you see your doctor. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Dr. Zlata, yes. Yeah, let me allow me maybe just to emphasize something uh, which is important for the audience and, and for the public is that like most cancers, the early diagnosis is key. The earlier you pick up the disease, the best are the chances to, to be cured. And that means that, especially at the time of, of, of COVID pandemic, um, we should not try you know, to wait and, okay, I've seen a little bit of blood. I have had many, many urinary infections and uh, we don't understand why that is. So if you have a risk factor and you present with anything which is remotely related for the possibility of bladder cancer, just don't delay it, just because the earlier, the better. The second thing which is important for the public, uh, and especially when we walk in the parks and I was listening to the previous uh, discussion, one has to be realistic. One of the safest places now in our country is a hospital. Security is so tight. Everything is so uh, well performed for minimizing any risk for COVID that I would really would encourage the public to, if you present with any of the symptoms at FERG or that are, are, are well described on, on Bladder Cancer Canada website, please consult. Don't delay. Well, that, that is a good point. So, Because a lot of people, Dr. Zlata, they would first talk to their family doctor, so they would do a phone conversation with their family doctor. If they're seeing blood in their urine, they should push their family doctor. If that individual, uh, the physician does not suggest it, you should push to see a urologist then, yes? Absolutely. And if there's a major change in the way that you urinate, or and what we've seen, unfortunately, uh, regularly are um, people who are treated for a really long period of time for recurrent urinary infections, especially above a certain age, um, and where basically the cause of these recurrent infections is not worked up. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, a blood tumor can be found. That doesn't mean that there's a direct relationship between having recurrent urinary infections and bladder cancer, but if something doesn't sound right and it hasn't been investigated, it should be investigated. Too often we have seen people coming with tumors, to be honest, because they've been treated with multiple antibiotics, but without any workup. Right. I want to get to the callers here. Uh, this is Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Jane for Libby, 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Daniel in Toronto, you have a question for Dr. Zlata? Oh, hello? Jane? Yes, hi, go ahead. You're on hi. the air. I'm uh, sorry for the uh, a quick uh, bad pun. Dr. Vlada of the bladder. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably heard that. Go ahead, (laughs) go ahead. I'm sure he's heard it a million times. Um, It's wonderful to talk to you. Um, I had a cystoscopy about two and a half months ago. I had stage four prostate cancer. uh, And then the uh, developed diabetes borderline or uh, over borderline. Then I was bloating and I had to, I I do see a urologist. I have for four and a half, almost five years since I, I, uh, developed the uh, cancer. Um, the cystoscopy did not, I have no blood, and but he did mention, the same uh, specialist, a shaving of the bladder at some point when we can get around to it after the COVID. Um, would you have any information on that, what that is, or how would I 
or to should I worry? I have a catheter on. I've had that for about four or five months, and uh, did the depends for a while too because I was a little afraid. So sure, you know, sure. Then, okay, yeah. let's let doctors lot okay, uh, respond to that. So again, um, and. Uh, uh, hopeful that your situation will be uh, solved quickly. You may imagine, of course, that it's always a little bit uh, difficult to advise you fully uh, simply through a phone, but if you have a catheter, by definition, means that you haven't been able to void, correct? Which means that the catheter is helping you so that the urine yeah, goes directly outside. Because it really fills up. Exactly, yeah. and so one of yeah. the most common operations uh, is the shaving where the prostate in men is literally shaved so that uh, imagine that your bladder is a sink and then under the sink you have the tube. If the tube uh-huh. is kind of blocked by the prostate, uh, uh-huh. you, you drill, so to speak, and, and you shave it, uh, as your urologist said, and that would uh-huh. unblock the situation. And I completely understand that given the COVID situation, uh, first of all, um, oh, yeah. m- many of those... Uh, Situation have to wait a little bit, but that's yes. certainly something extremely, extremely common and and performed since at least fifty years throughout the world. Daniel, is oh, that wow. helpful? That's wonderful. So it's not something to where like it wouldn't increase the can or spread, or this would probably help to actually Absolutely. control you the prostate. Absolutely, have to distinguish the the cancer control, which is done through yeah. drugs most of the time, and here yeah. a purely obstructive situation like your sink would be blocked, so to speak. That's that's wonderful news. Daniel, thank you. Thank you very much, Jane. All the the best to you with your treatment. Thank you for calling. We're talking about bladder cancer and bladder cancer awareness since May is the month uh, that we learn. If you haven't learned about it in the past, every May a light is shone on bladder cancer. That is the case uh, this year. That is the name of the campaign. Uh, Today, Ferg, is a big day for the bladder cancer awareness campaign in Canada. Every day is a big day in May. (laughs) (laughs) You've got an online discussion at 1 o'clock and then uh, a comedy event tonight. We've got a wonderful comedy event tonight. It was, uh, you know, there was great discussion given the COVID situation. And a lot of folks said, you know what? Humor is a wonderful remedy. So we've got the the comedy uh, special taking place tonight. Um, we, we've been in conversation with our patient community across the country, Jane. A lot of it's become virtual where we would have held, uh, you know, meetings and auditoriums. Now we're creating webinars and we're creating Zoom events. And uh, it's just been great. Staff has just uh, been so wonderful in, in adapting to this time, uh, this challenging time through COVID. But, uh, but we haven't missed a beat. And we launched our bccwalk.ca. That's our, our walk site has now been launched. Um, so we're asking people to register for the walk this year. It's going to be virtual this year, Jane. So we're still going to walk in Toronto, but you might walk in your neighborhood and I might walk in mine and Dr. Zlata in his. Uh, but we're still going to have our walk. And uh, we actually think that if we do the marketing right on this, that we will have increased numbers in registrants as well as funds raised. And the walk is so critically important for us, represents over 70% of our annual funding. So it's critical that we have people registering at bccwalk.ca and taking part in the walk this year. Well, Ferg, uh, in anticipation of our conversation today, I registered uh, myself this morning as a participant and my team uh, for the sixth year in a row and made my personal donation. So Team Jane Brown is off and running for 2020. <laughs> That's terrific. We must agree. 
Uh, and I want to know, Dr. Zlata, um, it's always nice to end with some good news. Uh, what is new in research and treatment for bladder cancer? Yeah, I mean, uh, there, I, the, the future is, is bright uh, for, for bladder. I think the, thanks to Bladder Cancer Canada, to many organizations, to, to funding, uh, we have seen tremendous improvements. Um, I, I give several examples. Um, in the past, unfortunately, people uh, who would, patients who would not respond to chemotherapy once the disease went outside of the bladder would have nearly no solutions to respond. Now with a new class of treatments, which is called immune checkpoint inhibitors, which redirect our own white blood cells to recognize the tumor cells and to kill them, we can offer to 25 to 30%, not perfect, but much, much better than zero, the chance to actually survive or to have a long remission despite having disease outside. We've seen, uh, for instance, the ability to, instead of having to remove the bladder for some muscle invasive bladder cancer, the ability to keep the bladder um, giving a combination of chemotherapy and radiation therapy and achieving exactly the same outcomes. We have seen now a, an enormous amount of new drugs, including in patients who had non-muscle-invasive bladder cancer, like Ferg, but who have had a recurrence, and thank God he didn't, and where despite that, when you give the intravesical treatment in the past, the options were limited. Many people would have to have their bladder removed. We now have a new, new array of new drugs up and coming, immune checkpoints, uh, via, um, engineered uh, to, uh, uh, treatments, you name it. And so I, I, it, it's such a difference uh, already compared to the time where, unfortunately, your mom passed away. And I wish and we all wish yeah. we could have offered what is currently available. And so I think that the future is truly bright and we should continue to support the research so we can fast track and accelerate those those discoveries. Well, doctor, I mean, part of the reason why I got, well, most of the reason why I got involved in the cause is so that somebody else's mom would survive. Right. I mean, that's why we do things in honor of those uh, who've passed away that we love. We have about a minute left here, Ferg. uh, Any final thoughts as we wrap up our bladder cancer awareness segment? Well, we much appreciate all your efforts, Jane. And join Timmy Boyle tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern for uh, some lightening up the soul for bladder cancer. And again, reminding people to check out bladdercancercanada.org's website and bccwalk.ca. Uh, we're there to support you. Uh, we thank you, Dr. Zlata. Thank you, Jane. And uh, wishing you both well. And thank you, Ferg Devins. Uh, you give of all your time uh, to do this as a volunteer. So thank you very much for all you do. My pleasure. All My right. Pleasure. It's, always a, it's always a nice conversation, our annual conversation. Ferg Devins and Dr. Alex Zlata, thank you both. Thanks so much. BladderCancerCanada.org for all the information you need. Jane for Libby, she's back tomorrow. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.